Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. How you doing, Bren? I'm doing pretty good. I got I got two days off for the 4th of July weekend, and I've just been watching a lot of anime, just taking a lot of naps. Like, I'm I'm living the dream right now. Very good. <laughs> this That's is my good dream. To hear. Oh, man. <laughs> In the history of the show, I feel like we should count how many times you had a good intro where you're like, I'm doing all right. I mean, I was also at the DMV for three and a half hours this morning, but I won't get into that bullshit. Well, did you take your Switch? No. Oh. It was like constant moving around. I had to listen for my number. Like, I couldn't zone out. Like, Fair enough. I got there an hour before they opened, and there was still a line around the building. Jesus. Like, it's insane. So, yeah, I won't get into that. But anime and naps, all right, I'm doing great. <laughs> That's how I celebrate my 4th of July. Very cool. How about you? I'm doing pretty good over here as well. Uh, the fiancé and I went to a, a folk festival earlier. It was just extraordinarily hot and, like, very limited areas of shade. But some incredible food had, like, a waffle ice cream sandwich. Like It's Ooh. all, like, this, like, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch stuff. It's really cool place so that was a lot of fun and then uh went swimming at the parents house just to visit and get in the pool so that was a nice way to cool off oh nice yeah i wanted to get to see this new spider-man movie in theaters and i think what our plan is now is to wake up tomorrow and go see it early when hopefully no one is there and it'll be kind of cheaper uh it's it's it'll definitely be cheaper in the morning i think like before noon or like right around noon it's like the matinee or whatever price so it's cheaper yeah. Um, the downside is, especially on the weekends, you might get a lot of kids. Oh, the God. Parents definitely take the kids to see the earlier ones versus later movies. That's so true. That's the rough go of it. Um, I know for me, I work across from a movie theater. So after work on Tuesdays, I'll go over when it's like half price tickets or whatever. And yeah, you'll just get a shitload of families and kids. It's like, ooh, reminds me why I hate going to the movie theaters. Yeah, I don't need any crying babies or any shit like that, but yeah. I am looking forward to this Spider-Man movie. I feel like the last time I've seen a good movie in theaters was Spider-Man, uh, what was this last one, Homecoming? Into or, or Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, well, well, I didn't see that in theaters, and that's <gasps> the thing. I, yeah, I know. I, it's such a, a sin. It's but, on uh, Netflix now. I know. I just saw that, and that's in my queue. I, also, speaking of Netflix, I guess we're jumping the gun a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Stranger Things 3, we're going to get to that a little bit. Not really. No bit. spoilers or anything, but just talk about it. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man, uh, ho far from no, home. not homecoming. Yes. Far from home. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. And I've heard nothing but good things. It's Mysterio it's as the villain, probably my favorite of the Spider-Man villains. Cause he is <laughs> so mysterious. <laughs> he's, uh, he's an interesting villain. I got like a big, like canvas print of like the first appearance of him in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and like, he's a really cool villain because he's also like a really lame villain but can be <laughs> utilized so well like he's not venom or you know he's not like green goblin or doc Ock, who's like the nemesis but like he can be utilized and just played with so well and he's very interesting but he is like you know the basic core of his story is he's kind of just a dork so it's, yeah you can do a lot with him and he's a very diverse character and they do it very well like i did not think they would have done them well in the movie but they handled it very well a lot better than like electro and lizard in the amazing spider-man movies so right well that's good to hear and just going on aesthetic alone he just looks super fucking cool especially my little kid self is just like that's amazing that <laughs> helmet like i love it it's one of those things where when you see something animated or cartoony or comic booky like in real life like 
if you saw a realistic rendition of like Homer Simpson, you're like, oh my god, that's horrifying. It shouldn't exist. Um, but with like Mysterio, it's like, ah, oh, that like that looks silly and crazy. But in comics, it works. In real life, that wouldn't work at all. And then you see this movie, it's like, no, this works. Like they yeah. they figured it out. Like this is able to work, even with the fishbowl head. Nice. That's amazing. I'm so excited. So yeah, I think we'll be checking that out tomorrow. So listener, if you saw that, hopefully you enjoyed it as well. Um, one thing that I did see that's funny before we like get into the whole premise of the show, uh, Guy Fieri tweeted this whole Jesus thing. Christ. It was like a Photoshop thing of, and it, he, his tweet was with great flavor comes great responsibility far from flavor town. And it was just, yeah, the, the, a main picture for the trailer of the movie, but like it had like his like, I don't know, frosted tips and sunglasses like on the back of Spider-Man's head. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> You and your fandom for Guy Fieri. I, I can't help myself. The man's amazing. <laughs> I, I feel like if he started a religion, it's like, sign me up. It's like, <laughs> I, it's fine. It's like, cult, dog. That's what a yeah, cult is. But he's so cool. All right, moving on. This is a video game podcast for new people, which we never eh, get. Uh, maybe not today. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, we don't have much video games to talk about. But it's, okay, I guess I can go into mine. There's really yeah. just like one particular one that i want to bring to the table and it was just happenstance i always check the free games for playstation plus members every month and this one was a total surprise i'm sure there was news articles and i have a video game podcast and i'm completely out of the loop not checking the (laughs) the video game news online but uh for those people that subscribe to playstation plus you can get detroit become human the deluxe edition or some shit completely for free and as soon as i saw i'm like download immediately because i've been so interested in this game but i've just been completely unwilling to shell out 60 dollars for it i'm like there's just no way like maybe when it's on sale i'll someday play this game it looks fantastic but Hmm. getting it for free felt great it's got all these like extra like i don't know character skins or i'm not exactly sure what it came with the deluxe edition but it also came with heavy rain so i'm like i think i already own that on playstation 4 i could be wrong but if i don't i got another copy for free so that's really cool so i can't recommend doing this enough if you didn't download that um started it up god damn these graphics it it like took my breath away i feel like i've never played a game this beautiful as far as like the detail of like the human face and like the muscle movements it's just like absolutely insane so i'm really looking forward to diving deep into it i've probably only played like about an hour and um, the beginning was just me reliving my experience with the demo and it's kind of funny i did the exact same outcome i was like trying not to either i was like this time i'm like oh i'm gonna explore all this stuff before i go out there and i'm gonna get all gather all this information and yeah what what ends up happening is i save the girl but me and him fall off the building and i'm like fuck it was the exact same thing i did in the demo i never learn yeah but all in all it's a really exciting experience i have a feeling it's gonna like uh bren you warned me there's so many different branching paths it's gonna kind of entice me to replay those scenes but i'm not sure if there's an easy way to do it i remember in what heavy rain and beyond two souls they did have like a replayed mode where they tried to make it easy you could go by chapter or something and not yeah. necessarily have to like really go through it all over again yeah i will say that's something i did really appreciate with heavy rain is it didn't have nearly as many branching paths but yeah, you could just jump back to that scene before the next checkpoint and right. just do whatever was different in that one and yeah i think because it was earlier it wasn't as unclear it was pretty much like go in the left door go in the right door like it was very clear what the choices were 
So it was easy to see what the other things were besides, you know, playing it yourself besides just looking up a walkthrough or a let's play of it. Um, but yeah, I think Detroit, I think it still has that option. I just, there's more. So like, it won't just be like, let me see what the alternative is. And then you get back to the same goal. Just like, right. you know, I think some situations, the dad, I forget his name, is like beat up a little if he fails the test, if he doesn't. Or the one guy uh, is resisting his drug. So he's like a little more shaken up in the next scene if he resisted or if he's, you know, more mellowed out when he takes it. Uh, with Detroit, if you branch off the path, like it's, you know, these characters can die. Unlike Heavy Rain, they can die pretty early on. So it changes drastically. Where Heavy Rain, I tried to kill the characters as quickly as possible. And still took me about halfway through the game before one of them was actually impacted by my choices. Right. But I also have to keep in mind, half of these characters are fucking androids. So it's like, do I really care about their feelings? They don't have any goddamn feelings. But the thing is, it's also like iRobot, where it's like, this robot's like, why am I here? And you're like, oh, fuck, what's going on with this? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, they're also all video game characters. So like, would you care about a human video game character's emotions more than that of robot video game character? Uh, Video game characters in general... Ah, uh, that's a tough question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I have to think about that. <laughs> it's the degree of separation you have, the, I forget the exact word, but it's like the level of empathy you have for stuff. Like, how do you justify, like, this doesn't matter because it's blank versus this matters. Like, if you play Nier Automata, you, you deeply care about, like, all the characters in that are uh, androids or automatons or cyborgs, and, like, you deeply care about them by the end of the game. Yeah, that's fair. It's just... It's just a strange concept to me, but regardless, uh, I I am looking forward to like really playing that game and getting into some of the more like uh controversial things. In fact, one of the things like early on was like this dad like I don't know if he's smoking crack or doing some kind of drug, and then he just like yeah. picks up his kid. He's like, "Why do you hate me?" And then he's like, "You know I love you." And it's like, "Oh my god, what is going on here?" Yeah, it's like I forget what it's called. It's like dust or you know some new android drug where it's like red. Yeah, basically crack. But yeah, he's. It's the quantum dream guarantee of just, he's a real piece of shit. So it's like, I want to kill him, but like, I also have to play the quote, good guy, so I can't. But like, we'd be better off if he was dead. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll say, I was surprised um, Detroit Becoming Humans Free because it only came out last year. So yeah. like, even if it didn't do, it did pretty well. Like, I don't know if there, it was, did as well as they were hoping for as big as a budget it was. Uh, but it did decently well. And it's already free for PS Plus. So I was like, this is odd. And when I looked into it, apparently they're offering Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 as a as the free PS Plus game for July. And then last second, they uh, switched it out. Like, at the very last second, they swapped it out for Detroit. Interesting. So I'm not sure why. Probably because they see xbox or other competitors like doing better free games for their subscription services and they're like oh we have to like up the ante a bit and it makes me really glad i didn't pay for this game knowing that it would have been free eventually anyway but it's what's also peculiar is like it's the deluxe edition i feel like if anything it's like you should just give us the base game and then if we like it enough you could always buy like an upgrade or something for like 10 bucks and it also comes with heavy rain, so it's just like... Yeah, they're really just like, take it all, and I'm like, I will! <laughs> I'm wondering, because I mean, there were lawsuits and like troubles with Quantum Dreams, and especially David Cage and stuff, who had, like, I think a giant portrait of a dick farting in his office. Oh, you told me about this. That so, is so like, bizarre. I wonder if they're having issues and we're just kind of like, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical of why they would make a move like this for a game that's only a year old. Like regardless of how successful it did or didn't or the reception, like it's still a year old and it's a AAA title. So it's like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be free. It shouldn't even be half price. By I think the dick standards. the dick fart painting definitely played a role. It might have. You never underestimate the power of a dick fart. Ah, oh, damn it! If only I could title the episode <laughs> that, but that, we too. can't. <laughs> Get banned real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's pretty much it for me as far as games. It sucks. I've been playing Rocket League 2 here and there. Uh, I just suck. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, it's, I'm about to give up. There's times in my Rocket League career where I was like, if I could just find a team or find people that would play with me at the same kind of time of day, it's like, being an adult's hard enough. Scheduling this podcast is hard enough, let yeah. alone just like, oh, let's have a Rocket League team. I don't know. I'm sure if I was younger and in high school, I could make that a reality. But at almost 30 and getting married, it's just not really realistic. And I, I just am perpetually in like high silver, low gold anyway. So I feel like the real good Rocket players are like, I don't know, Rocket League players are at like platinum and stuff. So I just suck. <laughs> Yeah, I see, like, AJ playing Overwatch a ton, and I know a few people I've talked to that are like, oh, yeah, we should, like, you know, give me your battle net name, and we can, like, play together and do, like, comp. I was like, nah, man, like, I'm not trying to win in Overwatch. Like, I just jump, like, you know, obviously you try to win, but I'm not tryharding, like, trying to get the perfect rank and, you know, worrying about where I am level-wise and gold-wise. And so I was like, nah, I do Mystery Heroes, and that's all I do. Sometimes right. you win, sometimes you lose. I move on. Like, yeah. I'm not going to dedicate too much time to it. The casual play is so much more rewarding, but it's also, like, frustrating because it's like, oh, I'll play a few casual games and I'll, like, be crushing it. Like, I'm MVP every single match. I'm just mm-hmm. like, but it's also casual, so it's a bunch of shitheads playing like they don't care. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like, oh, I'm doing really good. It's like, let me just bump up to competitive and it's let's just get demolished. And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm playing a bunch of just, like, super, like, lackadaisical people versus the people that are really fine-tuned into what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't really use casual as pre- preparation for competitive. You kind of just have to dive right in and, like, stay into that. And it's like, I'm so over that scene, and and I'm not really cut out for it anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, a buddy of mine got me and him into Guilty Gear for a while and, like, playing against each other, having someone to practice with offline was really good. I mean, you know, we got better. But the second we went online, immediately torn apart. <laughs> and it's just a whole different league, especially with Guilty Gear. Like, fighting games in general are real tough, but Guilty Gear is both, like, a high skill, like, diff- level of difficulty for, like, fighting game-wise, apparently, and it's also just, like, really odd, unique mechanics. So it's, like, hu- it's huge at, like, Evo and big fighting game tournaments, but it's, yeah. like, a niche game because it's, like, it's just kind of odd, and, like, the people that are good at it are godly at it. And, like, the people that aren't, like, are the rest of the 98% of the population that don't play it. So, it's just, like, you got jumped in hard with that. And when we were playing it really dedicated for, like, two months, we were getting better and better and better. But that's all we did for, like, two months. So, it just takes up all your time. So, yeah, like you said, I I don't have time to dedicate that much. Or, rather, I just don't want to. I'd rather be doing other stuff. Exactly. I'm sure if I really like really desperately to. needed to yeah i could allot the time but i'm just that's not really gonna happen <laughs> yeah it's it's not, if i was doing like evo and like getting prize money and like that was somehow like my career maybe but 
anything shorter than that, no, it's not. I could do other stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, Rocket League, I'll play casually here and there, but and then if I'm feeling lucky, it's like, oh, I'll dive into competitive and get my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's about it, though. How about you, though? You've been playing many games? Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's, it's been real busy for me uh, work-wise and, like, out-of-work-wise chore. And, like I said, DMV, trying to get my car registered after two and a half years of not doing it. Uh, for anyone who's in the same boat as me, get your car registered. Uh, those fees add up real fast. Oh, Christ, yeah. Uh, yeah. It got real expensive. I thought there was, like, a cap around, like, 200 No, there's not. It just goes off. So, yeah, oh, register no. that car. <laughs> oh. Um, besides that, yeah, just kind of casually dipping in uh, Overwatch and uh, uh, Risk of Rain 2 and playing that, like, on and off again more. Um, there is a kind of a secret area in Risk of Rain 2. I don't know how you get it. It might be pure RNG, just chance. Um, but every now and then you'll find a kind of a totem that you can activate that opens up a gold portal and brings you to this like hidden secret boss who is essentially a giant stone gold like golem that walks around and shoots lasers out of his eyes. And he's invincible until you activate seven of these like statue things around the map and he just hunts you down and it's just unbearable. But I was actually able to A, get him and then B, uh, beat him uh, the last like few times I played. So, like, I really enjoy Risk of Rain 2. It's a solid game. The matchmaking's still atrocious. Like, I, if I want to do anything like that, if I have a specific goal in mind of, like, I gotta unlock this or get this achievement or do this, I gotta do it on my own. And some of them, there's one map that has two switches that open up a secret area. And unless you're a certain character that can put down turrets, you can't do it by yourself. And it's really, it's really early in the run. It's usually the second level. So you don't have that many good items. So like, even if you can do it with the turret guy by yourself, you're not equipped to handle the bosses inside by yourself. So it's real tough to like coordinate anything with multiple people, let alone if you can play. Like, even if everyone agrees to do something, you're able to work together with all four players. The connection might be garbage, and I've gotten a lot of lag. So it's tough to like really do stuff. Like I really enjoy the game, and I fully am aware of how difficult online play is. It's still an early access, technically, but like that, it's it's my only real complaint with the game. But it's a big complaint. Like it's still right. rough. So uh, real fun, but yeah, the RNG will beat you out of that game. Well, like I was saying, you know, like we were talking about with Guilty Gear uh, and uh, Rocket League. Like you got to dedicate some time to it, and if you're not willing to, you're it's easy to get uh, turned away, especially for newcomers who aren't familiar with the first one. But yeah, still, still rock solid. Uh, and that's nice. about all I've been playing. A bit of Smash on the Switch, but nothing, nothing crazy. I got a hot news alert. This just Uh-oh. in. No, this is really not a real big deal at all. It only affects me. Well, well, maybe Game someone's hearts. dead. Uh, no, that's the thing. I just got on my phone. It was like, oh, safety alert near you. Like miles. It's like literally across the river. Some there's like someone shooting their guns and shit. So like some apps telling me to like. Don't go over there. Uh, But it reminds me of like one episode like a million years ago with it was just you and me. I think it was a best of for some reason. And some drunk driver was in your cul-de-sac at your parents' place. And they like, you could hear the tires squealing. Down the hill. He was fucking drifting. (laughs) And like cops were coming after him. Yes, there were sirens in the whole nine yards. It was insane to me. And like, it's a very 
hilly valley area. Like, almost every other neighborhood in the area has valley in the name of it. So, like, it's not, like, a cliffside or anything, but, like, you... You want to go slow. You can't. You can't see over most hills or turns and stuff. And yeah, this guy was just <laughs> flying by, and like three or four cop cars were going up, and we're like, "What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> why in was... this neighborhood? Like, it's not convenient at all." An amazing moment in podcast that history. Was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That does remind me, though. Um, right now is a uh, anime expo is going on, so I got a bunch of friends going to that, or like some uh, friends who are working it and stuff. And oh, cool. So it's just. Anyone doesn't know, it's just one of the biggest anime conventions in the world. And it's apparently just devolving further and further into chaos every year with management. They're just making more and more dumb rules that just are making people hate and the lines get longer. And I've heard people say it took three or four hours just to get in, even if they purchased tickets online and went in advance and stuff. Damn. Um, So it's just chaos. But I think it's also... Uh, God trying to separate the weebs from the mainland <laughs> because it's this all weekend. It's I think start of July fourth, and we had a decent sized earthquake on July fourth. Then we had a pretty big one that lasted for like forty seconds to a solid minute on Friday, and I believe the first one was like a six point eight magnitude further up in California. And I believe the one yesterday was a 7.1, and it was only like 150 miles or so from L.A. So it's kind of just like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the big one that separates us from the rest of the continent. Yeah, crossing the Weeb Sea. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'll be honest, if California did separate from the U.S., it wouldn't be the worst thing. I wouldn't win all the Weebs here. I wouldn't want yeah. all these weebs in my city. You wouldn't city. want them to just take over the island. As a big weeb, no one hates weebs more than me. <laughs> so just like, do it do it next week when they're all gone. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe another one will happen with all that aftershocks and stuff. But yeah, it's it's been a shaky few days here. Fair enough. We'll say, we said it like at the top, still in that E3 drought of video game news. So there's not a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. We talked about the games we've been playing, so I guess we can go kind of go into like the show topics. If there's anything like pop culture, gaming news, uh, this is kind of—I don't know if this is gaming news, but I'm going <laughs> to say it anyway. Um, Tommy Wiseau, I mentioned him on a previous episode, and how he was like teasing of like, "Oh, I'm bringing something back," and, and I was thinking it was going to be his Tommy Wee show. Oh. It's something new, actually, and it's the sci-fi animated series called Space World. And as someone that was looking forward to this, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not sure I'm going to be like really <laughs> no. like into this and be like, oh, yeah, I can recommend this one. It, I think I watched most of the first episode or whatever, and I'm just like, it, it is what it is. Like, I kind of should have known this is what he was kind of all hype about. It just it feels like the Wii show, but it's an animated version, so it's a lot less work for them. <laughs> it, a lot well, less not work for, for the Tommy, animator. Or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I meant. Studio, yeah. it's a lot more work. That's a good point. It's a lot more expensive, proving that he just has unspecified lots of money. Oh, he and... just did that other movie that wasn't the room that I'm not sure if that was successful or not, but I'm sure it made money <laughs> if you can't even think of the name of it i'm gonna assume no oh uh, no what it was called best friends and there i thought oh, there was Jesus. one other than that too i mean there was the disaster artist which was about tommy Wiseau. that's right yeah no that that was about him not 
had yeah. anything really to do with him in the well i think they did involve him i mean he was at like the premiere but i don't think he like got any money off it or anything right okay or anything substantial but yeah okay this looks uninteresting <laughs> yeah I, okay i don't know why it's it's not game related i don't think actually it's probably just eh. like a sci-fi space animated thing i mean let's be clear any of the show topics we talk about today like very few of them are going to be game related we're going to get that out now we're not a gaming news outlet so this is just like we said it's the drought but yeah tommy we is an interesting character he he's not good at making stuff he's just a train wreck of a human being yeah it's but, more or less if you like bad stuff like yeah show. <laughs> <laughs> like this <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this is another one that's interesting. A price drop for the PlayStation Classic console. <laughs> it's now only $25 when they originally were asking for 60 And yeah. nobody cares. Like, I don't think <laughs> yeah. anybody wants this. <laughs> it's Especially with PlayStation, because I think that might have been, like, the number one console being emulated. Or rather, PS2 motor likely. But, like, yeah. Nintendo's kind of hard to get sometimes. Like, I can understand if you want, like, a, you know, especially the nostalgia of it, because so many people grew up with the SNES and all this stuff. Uh, I got to show my kids how the games, were, how hard the games were back then. But, like, PlayStation was, like, a little later. It was, like, what, early 90s or so? Yeah. Uh, especially PS1. And, like, you can find most emulators for this. Like, I don't condone it if you're listening, government. Wink, wink. Uh, it's still technically legal. But it's, yeah... I can't think of many PlayStation 1 games where I'm like, oh, man, if I could get my hands on the original Spyro, because, like, they did the trilogy, like, remaster recently, and, you know, it's like, oh, if I get the original Tomb Raider, it's like, ah, not really, like, I'd play one of the newer ones if I like them. So it's like, I don't know what's selling you on a mini PlayStation console that you can't modify, you can't put more games in, you can't put any cartridges in, like, what it is is what it is. And if you don't like the games on there... Sorry. They're basically just saying, give us your money again. Yeah. And people are saying, okay. And I'm like, so against it. I want nothing to do with it. You can't give them away for free, for fuck's sake. But I mean, that's what game companies have always done. That's what every company has always done. But like, you know, that's what Nintendo does. They rely on that nostalgia of like, hey, you bought this once before. I bet you'll buy it again. And a lot of people are like, yeah, you're right. And they do. Like, they w- Sony wouldn't be doing this if the first run of mini consoles weren't successful. So I can see why they're trying to do it, but I can also see why it's not selling well. Yeah, it's also, I'm fairly sure there was a Sega Genesis like mini console that existed before the success of the Nintendo one, and no one gave a shit, and then Nintendo did this, Sony saw it, and they're like, oh, they did great, let's try it ourselves. But it's like, just because they did it great doesn't mean you're going to have success, and yeah, n- neither did what sega <laughs> which yeah. i'm thinking to myself how did they even i don't know how many games do they have for it <laughs> yeah it's yeah i could definitely see someone you know grasping at straws here at sony to do it but i wouldn't have put a lot of stock into it of like yeah we'll throw we'll make enough money to make like a few thousand of them but like it's probably gonna be a one-time thing i wouldn't have I wouldn't have been like, all right, here's the next cash cow here's the next money maker because the controllers are so small they don't even have joysticks in them so yeah, like, exactly. It's very retro. <laughs> yeah, there were an original run of PlayStation 1 controllers that didn't have joysticks. I actually had out. a couple of those controllers, and it was awful. And I remember playing yeah. the original Resident Evil with that being Ooh. like, I hate just D-pads. <laughs> <laughs> this is not con- uh, convenient or conducive. Uh, it also just was so much lighter without them. Like, 
I remember my cousin had them when I played. Them. I was like, it just feels wrong. Like, yeah, it's too lightweight. But yeah, it's I don't know. I'm not surprised they're not selling well. But if if it sells well enough, they'll keep doing it. It's just funny how they were probably expecting to have the same problem of like we're not going to be able to meet the demand. It's like there <laughs> is no demand. <laughs> yeah. It's like hey, we're releasing a mini Game Gear. It's like no one remembers Game Gear. I had a Game Gear, and no one gave a shit about it. So, oh, but I, uh, I don't know. I would buy that. <laughs> Game Gear was like <laughs> the big bulky brother of like the uh, Game Boy Advance. Like that was like way backwards. Like this is awesome. And it would chew through batteries. It would just devour batteries. It in seconds. did. Oh man! I, had to, I remember having to keep it plugged into the wall on a charger, like just to play it, because it would just burn through so fast. But like, it was advanced for a time. I would sit next to a wall and uh, have it plugged in, because yeah, batteries. It would. It would be like this. Wasn't that battery just brand new? And it's like I yeah. played it for like a half hour, and I need more. Yeah, yeah. That's what I played uh, original Lion King game on, and. It's when I learned I hated video games, because that game is actually impossible. I played some Sonic game that I can't recall which one, but it was really fun. God, I'd, that's so hypocritical for me to be like, oh, PlayStation Mini's dumb, but I bought <laughs> Game Gear. Oh boy, Game Gear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, that's the me in a nutshell. Well. Make yeah. no sense. Um, but is there any uh, news topics you want to talk about, or not particularly? Uh, if we still want to be somewhat game-related, uh, there's... <laughs> Big one for me. I'm pretty sure no one else listening cares about this, but it was a big one for me. Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, the complete edition, is coming to Switch and Steam. It was nice. a PS4 exclusive for uh, initial launch, but we're finally getting it uh, crossed over to the different ones. And, oh, so pumped. I've heard good things about it when it initially launched, and I'd be real with you. Even if it wasn't good, I'd still probably buy it because I <laughs> fucking love Digimon. <laughs> yeah, you have the allegiance there. It's funny you even bring this game up. It's so random. I was in a cash converters maybe a day ago just looking mm-hmm. for like used drum symbols. And in fact, they're, they're, they had a sign on the wall that's like, oh, we're shutting down in a few days. I'm like, fuck. And they didn't have oh, anything damn. good. Uh, but I was looking at the game selection, and that's one of them that stood out to me. I'm like, what the hell is this? I've never heard of it. And it looked really good, surprisingly, it, like in good condition. I should have just picked it up because I was thinking to myself, I should show Bren this game and be like, do you have any information on it? Is it any good? Because it looks pretty legit. But that's really cool to hear it's coming to other consoles. Yeah, it's getting um, ported over. And yeah, the original one came out 2016. So I guess PlayStation, Sony might have had like a two or three year contract with them for being exclusive. And like Metacritic wise, it's got like a 73 out of 100 or so. But being a Digimon fanboy, that's probably like a 93 for me. Um, but it's so it's good GR, in a JRPG terms. Like, it could be a lot fucking worse right. for like a Digimon game. So the fact that it's that good is kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, sit up and take a look. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, for anyone who doesn't know or have seen it, it's kind of like the Persona kind of JRPG uh, turn based battle system. You run around, you hit random counters, you fight, you train different Digimon, and. Well, uh, when they level up enough, you can ditch evolve them into different types of Digimon, and you know some people try and collect them all. There's way too many for me. Um, but Digimon's always had more of a bite to their story than like Pokemon ever did. And I remember seeing a stream of this, someone playing through it, and it was like, "Oh, you gotta go help this girl. She's being like followed around by this creepy nerd." And it's like, "All right, we'll go beat this nerd, and he'll run off and stop bothering her." 
And then you find out the nerd is part of like a human trafficking ring who's like like knocking out girls and like selling them like on a black market and like Digimon are involved somehow by like their way of hacking into different systems. It's, it's like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> you uncover like just like weird weirdly dark shit out of nowhere with Digimon and I love it. Cause I'm still that fucking edgy teenage angsty son of a bitch inside. But I'm all on board for this. Give me more Digimon. I'll I'll shill out as much as I can for it. Very cool. No, that's gotta be exciting for someone like you. <laughs> for someone like me and no one else <laughs> fair enough i'm, I'm fully sure aware of that the co-hosts on your anime podcast would appreciate this game <laughs> oh my god we did a twitter poll where it's like do you want to just see a stream of brendan rattling off digimon bullshit and annoying the hell out of his co-host and most people said yes so yeah the game we're gonna stream there we go i'm looking forward <laughs> to that one this is super convenient oh this is great nice um this isn't really well. We're in the sort of news area. This yeah, it, this just yeah. came out though, so people are definitely talking about it outside of this podcast for sure. But uh, Stranger Things three or season three just episode. Uh, oh God, I can't speak today. Uh, Stranger Th- Things three season. Uh, I'm still fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll leave Stranger that in. Things season three has just debuted or just came out as of what the 4th of july so uh, a couple days ago and people are talking about it it that's the thing it's so crazy to me i'm so used to shows like being like oh this episode's out now i have to wait a week it's just like they drop the whole season at once that's all they ever do they're like just binge it that's what we want you to do um i am six episodes deep out of the eight and very very impressed and happy with it uh it's entertaining as fuck. I can't recommend it enough. I don't want to spoil anything. I just want to tell you guys that it's good because it really is. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I know uh, Mark is in like a group uh, text of us, and uh, yeah, he was saying it was real good too. So that's good to hear. I know uh, season two was kind of like it's it's all right. It's, you know, it had a few weird off episodes here and there, but in the grand scheme, it was good. Yeah, I think we talked about it previously. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed season two and thought it like stood up to being. As good, maybe better than season one, but there was the hang-up of the one episode where, yeah, I don't know, Eleven just was like, I'm a goth kid now, and I'm just going to do my own thing, (laughs) and it just felt like completely unnecessary, like, if you watch the full season without that episode, you'd be completely fine, but by them throwing that episode in there, it did make it, like, lose some points with certain people, including myself. Yeah, I know they talked about, like, oh, this is our way of expanding the world, like, beyond just this small town and wherever Stranger Things takes place, I already forget. Um, Yeah. But they're kind of, like, saying, like, there's more out there than just Eleven and the Upside Down. So it's cool that they're trying to expand the world, but it's kind of, like, it felt real shoehorned in. Like, it kind of felt like some of those characters that she meets, it felt like they're like uncles or like cousins or something like we're big investors in season two and are like put my put my nephew in the show or like find find a storyline you can fit him in and it just felt real forced yeah it like Ugh. but it's good to hear that season three uh, apparently doesn't have that issue so yeah and tips and tricks for anyone getting back into stranger things it does feel like a continuation of season two so you have to have seen season two if you want to watch season three i'm fairly sure um, yeah. But f- for anyone, it has. Well, let me pull it up. In fact, I was looking at. It, I'm like, season one came out 
uh, July 15th, 2016. So I was like, I thought it was a fucking uh, Halloween thing all the way back then. Yeah, but so did I. Then it was season two. Of- season two was Halloween of yeah. 2017. So it's been almost two years. So a year and a half since we've had season two. Now they drop it. But if you forget what was going on in season two, like my fiance and I did, there's a section in Netflix where you go to like trailers and more, and they have a season two recap that's like four or five minutes long. And I, I think that'll kind of bring you right back up to speed before you dive in. Or you could just oh, nice. binge all of season two again, which we were on the fence of doing, but I'm like, man, that's just so much work. <laughs> and we've already yeah. seen it. So let's just dive into season three and see what everyone else is talking about. Yeah. I've, I've really grown to appreciate those kind of like, uh, I know Play of the Magic has done it. I think uh, even uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion has done it, where it's like those like recap movies. Yeah. Where it just condenses like the whole series like up to this point in like an hour and a half movie. And I was like, I never understood this as a kid. I'm like, why don't you just rewatch it all? Because I had endless free time as a child. And like, I've really grown to like, oh, just give me like, give me like a quick summary in like an hour. I'll take that. Previously on Almost Better Than Dragons. No, <laughs> nope, not that. <laughs> Anything but that one. Don't want that one. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's dead and gone. <laughs> and good riddance. Um, but it was fun while it lasted. Uh, yeah. And speaking of D&D, yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. It's fantastic. They're they're just pulling on the nostalgia strings. There's like they're like in the mall for half of the season. I feel like that in and of itself is just like an old concept. The the malls are dead as of today. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely insane to me. And it's just like it just makes you feel like a, a connection to your past self. I know I'm only like approaching thirty, but I feel like people even older than me are gonna watch this and be like, "This is like just making me feel like a kid." Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. Coke, Coca-Cola, like, uh, has product placement throughout the whole season. There's a lot of product placement. Burger King, 7-Up, Marlboro. Oh, yeah. But, like, it makes sense, especially for the times, and, uh, and it also helps pay for the season so they can do bigger, uh, bigger budget stuff with the CGI and all that. Oh, and they crush it. Yeah. And especially for the time period, and they're all in the mall, it makes sense all that, all that crap would be in there. It'd be weird if everyone was drinking, like, poopsie cola or something like weird right. like we all know what you're trying to do but you legally can't um but uh coworker and i were talking about it it's it also seems better placed than some other sh- like product placement can be fine like i'd rather product placement in stories than having to stop every five minutes for an ad yeah but only if the product placement's done well there's plenty of stuff where uh, I'm trying to think like all the James Bond shit. That's all product placement. You can buy any of that stuff. And those companies sell out like all their advertisement around James Bond movies are of James Bond. So whether you're aware of it or not, that's all product placement. But it doesn't feel forced because apparently Daniel Craig, at least with Daniel Craig, I don't know if anyone else did this. Apparently he would just go in and talk with the like costume designers and stuff and be like, this is what I want to wear. Like, this is what I think looks good and like work with them. And then they would just make deals with the companies. Oh, so wow. they were just going to pick that stuff anyway, and they just go with whoever agrees to use their stuff. So it just flows naturally, and stuff like that's good. But then stuff like The Walking Dead, where it's like the brand new Toyota 2017 car, <laughs> and Lori's driving down the road, and every other car on the planet's dissolved and turned to rust and destroyed, but she's in this brand new 2017 car and she flips it or something, and it's the one zombie on the road. Or uh, in Heroes, I specifically remember the show Heroes, 
Hayden Pantier's character is like, oh, wow, Dad, you bought me the 2015 Nissan Rogue with the backdoor hatchback. <laughs> it's like, holy God, stop selling me on this car. Like, it was so out of place and forced. That is so, really funny, though. I almost just want to see that scene because it's like they probably could just cut that scene from the show and use it as a commercial. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Like, I, it was so – like, she was clearly reading from, you know, the letter they sent yep. over. Like, make sure you oh, hit this, God. this, this, and this. The ad read. So – when product placement's done well, it can be flawless and good and help pay for the you know content we want to watch. But when done wrong, it's really jarring. It pulls you out of it. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to hear it's not. I'm glad to like it's clearly noticeable. You were able to pick up on so many brands, but it it sounds like it wasn't jarring for you. No, it was just yeah, like you said, noticeable. Um, yeah. They definitely got their money's worth because <laughs> a lot good. of people are watching Stranger Things for sure. So yeah. definitely highly recommend that. It was good time to resubscribe to Netflix because I'm not giving them money unless there's something good to watch. <laughs> well, it's a good segue uh, to a few other stories we got. The Witcher Netflix series. Oh, yeah. A few more pictures are coming out about that with, uh, God, I already forget his name. Henry uh, Cavill. Yeah, old Cavill Superman. Or, yeah, Cavill. Yeah, as uh, Geralt, and like, uh, I'm conflicted because like I don't have anything against him. I don't think he looks terrible, but he's just clean shaven Geralt, and I don't think Geralt's ever not had a beard in any of the games. I know it's supposed to be a prequel to the games, so I know it's like a younger Geralt. It's just real jarring for me to see him without a beard. Like, yeah. And that's not even a hard ask of like, oh, put on 50 pounds for this character. It's just like, no, nah, just let your beard grow. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if there's a reason for it. Like, there, I don't know. There might, there might be something tying in with it or they just, you know, it's the reason Spider-Man always pulls off his mask every five minutes in a movie, even though Spider-Man should never pull his mask off. It's because they want to show the actor. <laughs> right. Because, like, Stan Lee's always talked about it. He's like, that's, like, my number one thing is, like, keep that mask on all the fucking time in the comics. Like, that, he always tries to keep the identity secret because that's a huge part of Spider-Man. And in the movies, he's, you know, pulling it off every ten seconds. Yeah. But it's because, like, we're paying this actor to be in the movie because he's recognizable. You still have to recognize him. You're not going to put Henry Cavill and put, like, all this putty and beard on his face to make him this weird, like hobgoblin but imagine if they were like super true to the source material they pay some actor to only like do like 10 scenes because that's all they really need him for and it's like if you're that actor it's like yeah i just got the easiest job ever (laughs) i mean they've done that like i mean doug jones is a fucking phenomenal actor and he's known for not being recognizable because he's all the monster stuff he's oh right you know what the toro does he's ape sapien the pan and pan's labyrinth the white man in it and like uh the uh, body of water he's a fish man in that like he's phenomenal and there's talks of like someone trying to do a live action nightmare before christmas which uh, you know tangent like off yeah tangent wise i refuse i don't want anything to do with that that's an abomination because it's just staying claymation but yeah he is jack skellington <laughs> if you're gonna do a live action one make it a musical put it on broadway and cast doug jones that's all i ask Anything else is going to be garbage. Yeah. Because Doug Jones is also a phenomenal singer. Yeah, I could see him doing Jack well. Yeah. He's also, he's also like a contortionist, so like he can do the weird skeletal body movement stuff. Yep. Um, but there also are other movies and stuff where they just have huge high-profile celebrities. You know, spoilers for Deadpool 2. It's been years, though, but someone will probably complain about it. Uh, but Brad Pitt makes a cameo in it for like... 
two scenes, like a two, no, not even two scenes, two frames of a shot, like so briefly. But he's this huge actor, and they're like, how funny would it be if you just like he's in the whole movie, but you never see him, and then the second you see him, it's real quick, and he's gone. Man, so that's they've some done it before. Rescuers down under shit with the boobs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt is the boobs in Deadpool 2 that's uh, I hope anybody gets that alright moving it's on it's a weird comparison but understandable um, so yeah if you're excited for the Witcher Netflix series uh, there's some pictures flowing out there I mean it looks good it, I mean it looks as good as anything else we've seen I, I'm really waiting for it to see it in motion because you know stuff looks so much different in a still image versus like a video of it so uh, it really comes up to what the special effects on the monsters are going to be. Really. Right. Also, I don't think the boobs were in Down Under anyway. I think it was. No, there might have been. I think it was. A, I think it was a topless lady with a weird demon head. I remember what you're talking about, though. Yes. Like it's it's a one shot, and like they're but, flying through a city, and it's in one of the windows in the background. Yes, I just remember I have both VHSers. There's the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under, and I'm thinking the Down Under one. They're in Australia, and they probably wouldn't see boobs there. Oh yeah, I thought they were Australian. I thought they were just in the city. Oh fuck! I don't remember. I haven't seen them since I was a kid. I think the rescue. I think they're two different things. I think the rescuers is its own thing, and the rescue down under are like the little mice that are like Australian. Oh shit! Okay, interesting. Yeah. It it I, I might be wrong on that, but that's what I th- think it might be. Um, but yeah, they. I, you're right though. They are in like a city. I I know what you're talking about though. It's like the dicks on the Little Mermaid cover. There we go. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the Little Mermaid controversy. No, we're not going into that. Um, eh. <laughs> who the hell cares? I think it's whatever. People complaining that's not your aerial. You're right. It's not. It's a new aerial for a new yeah. generation. Shut the fuck up. You're an Pretty adult. Pretty much. Like it. Yeah, it's that, just crazy that opinion. how many things upset the internet these days. It literally takes nothing, especially when it has anything to do with any degree of race at all. You'll see, I mean, even with Spider-Man, people are like, hey, what if Donald Glover was Spider-Man? And you saw how many nerds ended up being racist with that. Yeah, that was upsetting. I was really, come on, guys. And then, there, and then one of the creators was like Michael Brian Bendis, I believe his name is. It was like, hey, but what if? And then me and Miles Morales, who was a great Spider-Man, and we got into the Spider-Verse. So it ended up being fucking amazing. Yeah. God, I just, I just want Spider-Man to not be a kid anymore. That's my only complaint. Just stop putting him in high school. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to adult Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, just like the struggling 20-year-old. That's still good. He still has the struggles there, just not high school. I'm sick of the high school stuff. Um, but also, back to Netflix and doing very grandiose fantasy stuff. Apparently, Netflix is in talks of making a Sandman series based off Neil Gaiman's uh, notoriously well-written and famous Sandman series. Okay. So, that's going to be quite a feat. That's going to be real interesting. Yeah, I so, don't know much about this series, but I've heard of it. I highly recommend it to anyone, even if you're not a big comics fan. It's just a phenomenal piece of work by itself. The art is incredible. The story is like, super well written and uh, flushed out. And it's it's always been in the talks. It's like The Watchmen, where it was like rumored to be impossible to make into a movie or a show. And I would argue it still kind of is. I know Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been tied to it on again, off again for a long time. Um, it's part of the DC comic universe, technically, or DC Vertigo. Um, so there's some crossover. I think Sandman crosses over with Batman at one point, and Hellboy maybe another point. It's yeah, it's very good though, and um, I it's it's one of those things where, like I've talked about before, with the Mob Psycho 100 being live action. 
I don't think it should be. I think the art style and the colors and the way they depict like the, some of the surrealness because the art style changes in the different issues of Sandman. I don't think it can really be translated into live action. And if it does, it has to be it has to be really stretched and like you really have to go for it. So I I'm not looking forward to this one. I can see Witcher turning out fine. I don't think this one will be. Right. So that's that makes that's sense. a concern for me. Uh, but highly recommend Salmon. It's you know it's from like the eighties or whatever, so you can probably find a pretty cheap copy of it all combined together. Yeah. But highly recommend it. Very cool. Uh, speaking of Netflix, I guess that's our new segue now. Um, <laughs> I saw on Netflix as I'm watching Stranger Things three, uh, that end of Evangelion's on there. Did we bring it up already? I forget, but I know we brought up that Evangelion, the TV show is on Netflix now, but now they have the end of Evangelion, which is like the movie kind of like wraps everything up. I don't really remember. It's been years since I watched it, but I'm going to watch the TV show and then watch end of Evangelion and see how it goes. I know it's a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know it's been some time since uh, they came out, and we talked about it briefly when it first uh, came up. But the Netflix one is uh, different voice cast, uh, yep. with different editing. I noticed it right away too. Oh man, the the guy who does Shinji, I'm really not a fan of, but I'll stick uh, through it. <laughs> I, it's always hard for me because I can't criticize it because I know all those people and they are very nice people. Oh shucks, so. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I mean, no, nothing against the person that did that, but it just it. Doesn't not, sound like the character to me. It's what, yeah, it's different than what you knew and grew up with. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And I guess, I don't know. I feel there's plenty of other people that feel the same way, but they take it far by like, yeah, I think you were saying that they're receiving death threats and crazy shit like that. It's yeah. like, God, everyone just relax. Like, it's just it's a, a character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, may, I don't maybe like the guy's voice, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to watch the show. Yeah. Like, it, it's simple enough to be like, ah, it's not my favorite. And you move on from that. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to obsess over it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's now that there's been some time and people are actually actually able to calm down and receive it. Um, apparently, for first time watchers, apparently it's a pretty good adaptation. Adaptation. It's not like awful, but it would always be in the back of my mind if I watched it of like what they changed. Yes, and even if it's what, even if it was the original author once now, maybe he went back and revised it. Like you know what, I worded it bad originally. This is how I would have preferred to do it if I could do it again. And now he gets to do it again. So maybe this might be even more loyal to the source material than people realize, but maybe, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I understand but that's a theoretical. Even if that's the case, it just like, the original run of it was just like so iconic and definitely seems to be clearer, whereas the translator for this run of it has pointed out like, yes, I made it more vague to make it more interesting. I was like, I don't want vague and interesting. I want like clear, definitive dialogue between characters and storylines and stuff, so... Um, and apparently the Fly Me to the Moon song at the end is different or not in there anymore. And apparently that was a very iconic song yeah. in the series. So I I still might be going back to the original. But apparently for first time watchers, apparently it's not bad. It's, you know, you could do a lot worse. You could do the he- new Hellboy movie, which is a fucking garbage. <laughs> so uh, it's not bad if you don't feel like scouring down the original So Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So, yep, going to get through that eventually. But priorities with stranger things i got two more episodes yeah i'm currently really into uh, young justice because young justice season three broke up into two parts and part two just started up uh, earlier this week oh nice they're releasing three episodes at a time so i'm binging those as they come out because oh god i love me some covert black ops teen superhero drama bullshit <laughs> so good how long of a wait between episodes uh it's about a week 
So, but they, you know, they release three episodes every week. So it gives you uh, some, you know, a little more substance to chew on. Yeah, that's nice. And I've seen some articles complaining like Young Justice came back and there's so many more characters. That's so hard to follow. And I was like, no, that's what I love. I love that they're just like, this is a world of superheroes. There's a fucking lot of them. It's not just the six Justice League members anymore. It's like a fucking universal of full superheroes. And it makes them feel more fleshed out and developed. So I'm fully on board. So it's real good. Very cool. Yeah, this is a Netflix podcast. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I mean, if they want to pay us, I'll take oh, it. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> We're accepting sponsorships. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, last thing I'll talk about. Uh, it's going to be a bummer, as is my tradition. <laughs> Great. Right on brand. <laughs> I mean, the, the, very, the scale of bummer may vary for per person, but uh, Mad Magazine's shutting down. Yeah, you know, it doesn't affect me, but I know it's going to really be like the end of an era for a lot of people because it, a lot of people hold serious memories with that, holding yeah. those in their hands and everything. It was definitely a big staple of like comedy and parody and satire for a lot of uh, people as a big institution. But it's also when people found out about this news, a lot of people were like, oh, I thought they already shut down. Cause yeah, it's that like, too. Who's buying magazines anymore? Especially That's exactly where I was going to go with this, because I was just going to say, I, I don't know how many companies are s- keeping magazines alive this day and age. I'm sure they're out there, but it's just not viable. Yeah, especially even digital. Like, if you do, like, an e-magazine, even that's not doing well. Like, I know Shonen Jump went to uh, an online feature where you could pay, like, two bucks a month to read all of Shonen comics and stuff. And it's good for them because they're a giant institution and like right. are safe, and they still do physical sales, and people still buy them up for collect edition all that. But like, even they're struggling a bit, like with the e market and stuff. And yeah, I know um, College Humor, I believe College Humor Dorkly shut down as well. So um, it's definitely a struggle on the internet market, like getting money, especially with how fickle advertisers are being. Uh, YouTube being like super, you can see that a lot with YouTube with how difficult they're being with advertisers and demonetizing shit. Yeah. Um, and especially with comedy because it's so subjective and it can just come and go and there's no consistency with it and stuff. So it's, it sucks, but it's not surprising. Sad magazine. Wow. Yep. We're going to wow, end dog. on that. Wow. <laughs> Let's do some plugs. <laughs> Uh, where can our listeners find you? You have an anime podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we talked about a uh, touch here in this episode. Uh, I do an anime podcast called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. And it's uh, me and a friend of mine who love anime try to convince a friend of ours who doesn't love anime to give it a shot. And like I said with our Digimon episode, he fucking hated it. <laughs> and yeah. it's very enjoyable to listen to, to hear him. A very mild-mannered guy loses shit over a bunch of digital monsters. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, I believe the episode coming out today, because uh, it also released on Monday, like every good podcast, is Kids on the Slope, which is a 1960s jazz anime, which was actually really good. I was kind of surprised about it, because I'm not a big jazz guy. So I'd recommend that. And I'm on Twitter at ABTSBrendan. Ah, so many things to uh, speak on. Jazz is just an excuse to play notes wrong. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. That's just a meme I saw. Uh, You also threw in there that Mondays are the right days for podcasts to go out. So anyone who's got a podcast not airing on Monday, you're doing something wrong. Um, (laughs) And uh, listeners, if you like our show, our handle's ABT Silence. Uh, Give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're on Facebook, Twitter, 
Twitch, Instagram, all that stuff. Wow, Instagram, I do not update. Don't follow us there. It's fine. <laughs> Don't go there. Um, but yeah, and I also have a record label, Missed Out Records, uh, if you want to check out some emo, math rock, and screamo. I'm wondering, I might try to get some of the bands I've uh, worked with on the show here, if they're gamers and want to talk about their music, because there's some really cool people I've worked with, and I think that might be fun, but that's sure. kind of to be determined. And holy shit, I guess next episode's episode 300, so we gotta oh, get our God. shit together and do something for that. But we'll see, it's probably just gonna be another regular episode, Keep look at what happened with 200. Low. Yeah, <laughs> but... Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week. See you guys. See you.